Welcome to Unlocking Your Potential, the Ask Europe podcast. Really, really happy today to be talking to a colleague uh, who has worked with us for a number of years, Tony Clarkson, uh, who's going to be talking to us about her areas of expertise and um, speciality. So, Tony, can I ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself? I know some of the people listening will have worked with you, but it'd be really uh-huh. good to know how you got here. So what's your journey? Oh, golly, that's that's a lot, isn't it? Um, this is one of those moments, isn't it, where you think, right, do I do CV or do I do a bridge version? So um, <laughs> let me see what comes. A long, long, long time ago, background in HR and HD. Okay. Um, escaped corporate life back at the turn of the century, I think, is the term we use these days. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, then, I have been spending my time um, working, learning stuff, because I love to learn as much as I can about things in general, mm-hmm. and uh, coaching and facilitating and things like that. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, we we may dig into some other stuff later. I love that. I love that piece about learning stuff because I think that's a that's a big piece for us, isn't it? We help people to 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 learn things, but actually, a big part of what we do is making sure that we're keeping up to date and we're learning stuff. Is there anything in particular that you've really enjoyed learning? Oh well, yes, but but yeah, you're going to get me really into what I <laughs> love most in life. I mean, it's. Um, I have loved entering into the world of Gestalt, which um, been in now for a number of years and have done as much as I can do whenever I can. And it's just been an absolute joy entering. And, and it's like one looks through, or I think one looks through like windows. I've always got this image in my head of, of looking through windows from a street, you know, lit up houses. Mm. And they're all different sort of ways of doing things, they're all different approaches. And uh, when I looked through the window at Gestalt, that was that was home for me. Oh, um, yeah, it was it was fantastic just to discover it, and then not to get disappointed. The more I found out, actually, the more I found out, I felt comfortable and at home. I love that. Yeah, I love that analogy as well. I I am actually one of those people that does like looking in people's windows because I love <laughs> stuff around decoration. Um, oh, I do too. Particularly yeah. at Christmas. <laughs> do you get cross if anybody looks through yours, though? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm allowed to do it, but nobody else is. But mm. and and I love that analogy of kind of feeling like you're coming home. Is there a way of summarizing Gestalt in very kind of brief terms for for people that might not know what it means? Um, I'll try. So I'm not sure if there is a way. So let me try. Um, there, is, there is a huge, the thing that attracts me is there is a huge honesty about it. So it, it works very, very, very much here and now. So whatever is going on for us in life, whatever we bring to relationships and struggles that we have, we tend to bring into it to the present moment. Mm. Um, so we, we can see it, we can feel it, we act it out a lot of the time. And so with, with Gestalt, a combination of really being aware of what is happening in the moment, being very honest with others and to yourself, then that's probably the best way I can describe it shortly, but yes, in a short couple of sentences. So it's working with the here and now, yeah. but working very much with phenomenology. So what is going on for you, what is going on for me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's so rich in terms of data. I mean, if you think about it from a professional 
perspective. It's it's hugely rich. From the mm. thing, but um, I don't believe it's something that you do at people. You know, you you do with yes, yes. You have to live and breathe yourself as well. Oh, which could lead us into a whole other discussion of authenticity and leadership. And get in, let's yeah. go. And well, we only have a limited amount of time. Maybe we'll have another chat at some point. But yes, that I, okay. I'm gonna. I'm, I am gonna pick up on that right now because I think that is such a good point. Particularly, you know, the world is is quite a, a scary, strange place right now, yeah. um, and and we're looking to our leaders to be there for us whilst our leaders are also dealing with all of this stuff that's going on in the world right now. And that, that concept of being, you know, totally present, I think can, can cut through so much of that, that, that noise when you're having those leadership conversations. What do you think? Oh, I completely agree. And I'm going to, I'm adapting a model that's by Denon Vaughan and Marie, Marianne Chidiak. But I think leadership really happens when the, at the intersection, if you can imagine a sort of three-way um, Venn diagram, yeah. at the intersection of me being aware of myself, yeah. me being aware of other, so the people that report into me or whatever, and me being aware of the situations and contexts in which I'm yeah. operating in. And part of that's like the organisation. I think ethical leadership, absolutely happens at the intersection of those three things which demands presence you know it demands yeah. that ability to sit in the here and now and look in the eye yeah i i love that i love that um just that that the vision of the venn diagram is so nice that sweet spot in the middle yeah which we can often forget about when we're moving at a million miles an hour and there's so many business pressures on us um, and stuff outside of work, obviously, that, that you know, that, that people are dealing with just to say, right, I'm for this conversation. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be listening. I'm going to take on board what's going on for, for other people as well as what's going on for me in that broader context, I think is so powerful. And, and it hugely is. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think that's a really nice way we could spend half a day on a leadership course trying to explain those concepts. And I really like the way that that, that you've summarised that. I really like that. Well, we get stuck, don't we, in the middle? I mean, from, from a leadership yeah. perspective, we're stuck with self and, and situation so often. Yeah. That's what we're living at, And we forget other or we, or we live self and other. We don't really sit at the intersection of the three enough and mm. hold all of that. You know, it's tiring. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I love that. So actually, that leads us quite nicely then into, into the subject of, of coaching. And I think um, coaching out there in the world gets quite a bad rap sometimes and I think part of that is to do with every you know everyone now being a, a coach of some sort and you just stick mm. on the end of of things and all and, and you know it can get a bad rap and actually there's some people out there that shouldn't really be calling themselves coaches I, I so agree <laughs> and yeah. um so tell me what what does coaching mean to you oh well I think it means different things to different people. For me, I mean, if I, if I give you a sort of glib answer, but yeah. I, I think it's a true one, it's it's enabling somebody to come up with their own solutions, their own challenges, whatever those challenges be, you know, being given a great or something that is troubling them. But actually what I want to do when I work with people is give them that un, non-judgmental space to have the conversations with themselves that they would not dare to and that time out to think, 
because people don't get that not to think constructively not with that delicious balance of support and challenge that, that coaching should bring to people I like that that point about challenge because another of the I think the misconceptions of coaching is it's this kind of big fluffy conversation <laughs> but no. but that's not all it is is it it is about challenge yeah it is and you you cannot you have no right to challenge unless that there is that support there that creates that yeah space if you like um and it's different for different people you know different different clients you work with will have different needs in terms of what support looks what challenge looks like in, in the same way that people do anyway in life but oh yeah it can be quite brutal at times because you know very often and i'm talking particularly leadership um coaching providing that that safe space is there you will be saying things to people or noticing things mm. because everybody else has an agenda you know the agenda can be you're my boss and therefore you hold the power you know that's swirling around or the agenda could be you're my partner so so everybody else is that they are in relationship with mm. will have a different um perspective or, or reasons i guess to be silenced or, or to nuance their message whereas from a coach it can be quite you know, you're there for them and ultimately yeah. their organisation. Um, and so, yes, you can be quite brutal in terms of what you say. I'm, I'm giggling. I can't break any confidences, but I'm just thinking about yeah, yeah. the other day with somebody um, <laughs> um, that I can't repeat. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Um, well, and actually, it kind of leads me on to my, my next question, because there's a lot of, again, misconceptions around coaching and what it is and what it isn't. I... I frequently hear people say, oh, yeah, I know a lot about coaching because I've done that in a sports context, which is obviously different. Very different, yeah. And and also working, uh, again, confidentially, um, not breaking any confidences, but working with senior people who say, you know, I'm really good at coaching, but actually what you find out is that they're just talking at people, yeah. which is more akin to to mentoring, really. So so how would you define those differences? Yeah, and again, there are you know there are, there are proper differences, and, and you know one of the things we do when we are qualifying coaches, as you know, is we make sure they're very clear on the difference between the two. But um, yeah, mentoring is a wise and trusted advisor, and, and I love that definition. But if mm. you think of a continuum, on the one hand is directive, and on yeah. the other sort of end of that that um, pole is non-directive asking. Mentoring sits up towards the side of being directed. So if I'm a wise and trusted advisor, I've been there, I've done it, I've got the T-shirt, and I've mm. made all sorts of mistakes. Yeah. And so broadly as a mentor, it's like your old apprentice system, isn't it? I mean, that's essentially what it's like. Mm. Um, as a mentor, what I will do is I'll suck my teeth and say, wouldn't do that. And then <laughs> tell you the stories of what happened when I did do it. You know, and, and some of which would be funny and some of which would be horrific. But so a mentor is doing that, you know, sharing and imparting their knowledge. And I think the word guide, which people often use in relation to coaching, should, um, mm. but they're guiding somebody based on their experience. You know, so, so it is about sharing the knowledge. And, and, and I think one of, the, one of the things people wrongly think about coaching is that it is about almost like one-to-one tutoring, which it's not. I mean, that makes me want to bang my head on the, well, on the desk. <laughs> As I say that, I'm looking for space to bang my head. On don't there. do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Something's made you really cross, you know, or frustrated. <laughs> but coach is is 
probably the biggest thing you, you give to somebody is time and listening. And listening is a real skill. I mean, forget active listening. You have to factor up even more if you're going to do a great skill. Yeah. Uh, but coaching is about giving somebody that space, enabling them to come up with ideas that they haven't thought of ways through that they haven't thought of whatever they are stuck by or challenged by at that moment mm. um, and you do that not through asking leading questions but through creating a provocative but but holding space for somebody to think out loud no matter how bonkers that may sound and, and as a coach you're observing what's going on for them Mm. and very often feeding that back because you know you might be working with somebody and they mention their boss and every time they mention their boss they hold their breath okay yeah and it's like oh what's going on there then mm. you know so because the body often gives away a lot more than the head does i always think the head's stupid but the body's quite <laughs> <laughs> like your dim cousin is is is, is the brain um, <laughs> and so you might pick that up you know is there something somebody's saying so so as a coach or coaching is working with somebody observing them keenly giving them space and acting as a mirror very often mm. and being provocative at times to really help free up their thinking but you're not giving advice no and if you are, you should poke yourself in the eye with the nearest sharp implement. <laughs> no, that, we're not advising people to do that, obviously. <laughs> no, that's me speaking as a coaching supervisor. Yeah, and metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically. Yeah, and, and again, I think you've really, <clears throat> excuse me, you've really touched on something there that <clears throat> people often say to me, well, you know, if people know the answers, why don't they just come up with them for themselves? But uh, So what would be your response to that? Yeah, my response to that will be two things. Sometimes they will, you know, sometimes they yeah. will. And all coaching is doing is speeding up that process. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, what it also does for, for very many is it helps people come up with ideas that they haven't even thought of, you know, because they haven't, you know, if you don't know what the problem truly is, you can't come up with the right solution. And what coaching can often yeah. do is uncover what, what the, the source challenge is. yeah. That means somebody will come up with maybe a completely different solution, but it's the right. Oh, when you feel yeah. it, yeah, because actually it's a different problem because you're giving people the space and time to scratch beneath the surface. Absolutely, to find out what's going on. So, yeah. so if I were in an organisation thinking, actually, I think we need a bit of this. Where where do you even start if you're thinking about starting with coaching as an organisation? Yeah, yeah. Well, you need to go to somewhere that has, yeah, it sounds like a cute advert. <laughs> but yeah, come somewhere like us where you have a, we have an awful lot of well-trained coaches, not people that just call themselves coaches or, or have terrible qualifications. Yeah. Good experience. Because you need people that know what they're doing yeah, and have a range. So Talk to us or, or somebody like us. We can yeah. advise you in terms of, you know, what would the process be? How are you going to get a pool of people wanting coaching? You know, how are you going to select that? How are you then going to match coaches to um, the people wanting coaches? How are you going to then manage and assess that process? How are you going to check everything is working? How are you going to evaluate what, what happens at the end of it? Now, we're quite used yeah. to doing that. Yeah. Um, and then we can sit and we're more than happy to advise you if you want to bring coaching in-house and, and create your own coach. That yeah. goes from everything like, like training managers as coaches 
uh, and yeah. senior managers, but also to qualifying your own internal coaches, mm. getting them supervised. So, and I think so. I just want to pick up on something you said there, which I think is super important. Is um, well, all of it was obviously Tony, um, <laughs> but um, just being clear in your mind what you want to achieve. So, so having an objective for for the coaching process as an organization or as a team yeah. or as an individual so that you can evaluate it and you can say okay is this is is this actually the right solution for me because it's not the answer to everything is it and i think some no, organizations think that it is no it's not i mean and, and again when i'm when i'm qualifying because we train as you know and qualify yeah. people as coaches and yeah, I don't want anybody to leave us that I wouldn't be happy to use as a coach because mm. I, the quality of people's coaching matters enormously. But broadly speaking, if there is more, if it's attitudinal or there is more way to than one way to do something, then coaching is probably really effective. Yeah. So, yeah, if it's about my confidence, if it's about uh, my will, if it's about the place where I have to make a choice, and but I mm. have that choice. All of that sort of stuff. So when when it's skill or application, then coaching is perfect. If there is only one thing to do, yeah, then um, or only one way to do something, then mentoring is. Probably. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't try and coach somebody to to be a brain surgeon now, would you? No, <laughs> I'd hope not. I'd hope not. Um... <laughs> What might you slip right now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gosh, can you imagine? Yes. Um, uh, um, thank you so much. I do want to, while I while I have you here, Tony, um, wanted to talk to you a little bit also about ILM because yes. um, that's something uh, you are our resident expert, and this isn't an advert. Uh, but I just, just in terms of kind of understanding and what it means, I know a lot of people kind of say, "Oh, I think we want." people to get accredited or we, we've heard a bit about ILM we don't really understand what it means can you kind of just talk us through what what ILM is and what it means yeah ILM is a qualification body that specializes in leadership and management and coaching and mentoring so those are the two sort of um, branches if you like we are uh, an ILM center mm -hmm. we can design and deliver and um, assess people to achieve qualifications in coaching, mentoring, and in leadership and management. Now, the ILM offer qualifications anything from level two to level seven, broadly at the moment. Level two is it would be a teenager first qualification if you're looking to sort of get yourself prepped up for work. Level three is for team leaders. Level five is for managers, and level five is equivalent to something I don't know, like second year of a bachelor's degree. Okay. And seven is similar to Mark. Okay. Nice. And they're and they're they're you know recognized, widely recognized qualifications that people oh, then yeah, have. Hugely yeah. Okay, thank you. I want to finish by I'm gonna throw you a curveball. I'm sorry, Tony. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm smiling. I'm smiling. Yeah. <laughs> um I might throw it back. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. At which point I I I hit stop on record button but um you obviously do this uh, you know a huge amount of work that is very you know I I just even listening to you to you talking you know the passion and the 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 sense of the whole you that you bring along to to this stuff 
what do you enjoy most about the work that you do this might sound vomit inducing actually but um i get and i I'm, i'm getting almost emotional even just saying it now um when I'm working with somebody, particularly coaching, coaching is where my heart is and my soul lives. Um, mm-hmm. the, first, uh, the first thing is when I'm working with somebody and, and something shifts for them, you know, and you see it in yeah. their body, you hear it in their voice and the way they sit and all of a sudden they start talking about what they are going to do, you know, without this falling into some sort of trite uh, coaching model. They, they, just, they just take it away. And yeah, you you could exit because you're not needed anymore. Yeah, for that thing. Yeah, and it's just joyous. Um, and then the second thing I I that really gets me, um, and say so people that have worked with me see this, uh, and so I make no apology for it. I get quite emotional when there is a point at which when when somebody is training to be and qualifying to be a coach, mm-hmm. that they start to find out their own signature. And they start to bash some of the sort of, instead of having a lot of tools, they, they just rudely apply to anybody that comes their way. Yeah. They start to think, okay, this is me. This is how I work. And when I see something, and that's when, to me, they're starting to become a coach. Yeah. Um, and when I see that, that's I will cry because it's just brilliant. Wow. I love that. Um, thank you so much, Tony. Uh, I know that you're super busy so I you know thank you for spending the time I have loved this conversation I'm gonna um yeah I will talk to you after this session I want to get some more stuff on on gestalt and all all the wonderful stuff that we've talked about uh thank you so much for your time a real pleasure real pleasure thank you Mm -hmm.